What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast, episode 55, Nothing But Sports. Rahil Jaswell here. Yeah, we're going to get straight into it. Got three things to talk about. I'm going to talk about the NBA, the um, the officiating and the new rules, and how about the enforcement and whether they're being enforced or not. And then we're going to talk about that second. We're going to start with the Michigan State-Michigan game that happened, I think, about two hours ago. I'm going to talk about that, give my thoughts, and then get into week eight on the NFL picks for tomorrow. Let's get it started. So let's start with Michigan State versus Michigan. Now, I don't talk a lot of college football on here, except for national championship stuff, but this was a huge game, all right? Michigan versus Michigan State. Michigan State pulled it out 37-33. Michigan led 30-14 to at one at the start of the, uh, I think probably about midway through the third quarter. They led 30-14 to one point before uh, Michigan State, the Spartans tied it. Michigan took it lead, took the lead back on a field goal before Kenneth before uh, Kenneth Walker walked uh, got in for his fifth touchdown on the day. But holy crap, Kenneth Walker, um, Heisman Heisman candidate for sure. I, mean, I don't know about Heisman winner, but five touchdowns, 190 rushing yards against Michigan <laughs> uh, at home. Oh boy, that really bolsters your campaign. But um, let's get it started. So let's start with Michigan. Um, you know I see a lot of idiots on Twitter crying about the refs. And how they're like, oh, the refs sold us. And, you know, the refs did make some bad calls. You know, on the on the fourth and three, when they were driving on the turnover, was that a pass interference call? I thought there was. I'm going to be completely honest. It's ticky-tack, but he did grab the hip. So there's that. And then there was the, uh, the fumble touchdown that they called down after the fumble. You know, that was really, in, I, um, that one's tough as well. Um, erased a couple points there for Michigan, but then you have to take away the field goal because they wouldn't have scored the field goal. So you... So at that point, if you take the four points off, they're still tied with Michigan State there um, at the end. But I just don't understand why people are not talking about the thing I'm about to bring up. Harbaugh, what the hell was that decision to bring in McCarthy there for, uh, I know, you know, bring in McCarthy there at QB on the fumble? What, what was the decision process for that? Listen, McCarthy, okay, I, I know, you know, you, you, you like to do this with a two QB QB set and McCarthy is a good you know he's strictly in there for the rushing presence um with Michigan but on the on the previous possession before that he fumbled the ball in the red zone and Michigan was so lucky that state didn't Michigan State didn't pick it up and run it back you know they're lucky just scored it out of bounds because it went off the guy's foot so what the hell were you doing bringing him back on there knowing that it's raining okay he's a freshman it's raining, so the weather is bad, and the ball is slippy. Like I said, he's a freshman, and on the previous possession inside the red zone, he fumbled it away, and you were lucky not to get it. You were lucky to get it back, and you still, after all of that, decided to put him out there when you were up by three and had the chance to drive, maybe even kick a field goal or score a touchdown and end the game. You decide to do that, and next thing you know, there's a miscommunication on the snap, and he just fumbles the football. Well, giving it to the running back, State picks it up and then they and then they score. So what the hell was that decision? Why is McCarthy out there at that point after that fumble that should have been picked up by Michigan State? You should say no way he is coming back in the game. I mean, it 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 just it blows my mind. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, you can always count on him and his team to flop in the biggest games. You know how many top ten opponents Jim Harbaugh has beaten ever since he's been the coach of Michigan? He zero. He's beaten zero quarter. He's beaten zero top ten opponents. I mean, uh, Mc, 
McNamara was having a brilliant game. I mean, he had a great game throwing the football and, and uh, you know, besides the interception at the end, but that was just, you know, him trying to push the ball. But so I don't understand what the point of bringing McCarthy is. I understand he's for rushing presence, but at that point in the game, you can't do that to a freshman. You can't do that considering he, he almost lost a fumble on the possession before. That is just inexcusable. That is just plain up stupid by Harbaugh. No matter what analytics you run, whether even analytics was a decision, just straight up dumb by Jim Harbaugh. I don't, I don't understand the, I just don't understand it. Also, you know, a lot of fans are going to complain about the refs as well. I mean, Michigan, come on, you couldn't stop, uh, you couldn't stop uh, Kenneth Walker. Uh, You gave up five touchdowns to Kenneth Walker. I know he's a Heisman candidate, but still, that's, you can't give up five touchdowns to a running back and expect to win the game. So, you know, I don't know why Michigan fans are crying. Uh, I think this is just a microcosm for Jim Harbaugh's you know, football career at Michigan, they'll probably go 10-2, and two, but with their two losses being this one into Ohio State, just because just that's, how, that's how Michigan rolls. That's how they do it. Never can win the big games. They'll probably beat Penn State because Penn State just looks horrible right now. They're playing Ohio State tonight, but we'll see how that goes. But Michigan, man, another flop show. And, and as far as ramifications go for that game, <clears throat> I mean, there's a real chance Michigan State gets put into the top four <laughs> because, of, because of this win. Because, um, you know, uh, Cincinnati did not look, you know, Cincinnati kind of has to blow everyone out because they had the easy schedule. They were, uh, were tested and uh, didn't pull away against uh, Tulane till, uh, till late. So you have to think that they drop in the rankings. Georgia's going to stay number one. They're up 24 nothing on Florida. And uh, Oklahoma will probably stay. But you can honestly, I can honestly see Alabama jumping to two and maybe even Michigan State being put in the, in the in the top four, at least number five. I don't know where Michigan will drop to at this point. Maybe maybe eight, maybe seven. But I mean, this is huge for Michigan State's top four chances, and that may and this loss could have maybe ended uh, Michigan's chances of getting to a Big Ten title game. Because if everything stays similar, uh, stays the same right now, you'd assume it would be Ohio State versus Michigan State for the Big Ten championship game, and maybe that bolsters Michigan State's stock if they win that game to get into the top, into the top four. But We'll see, but another flop show from Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. Like I said, there's four guarantees in life. Uh, you know, death, taxes, you know, being born, and of course, Jim Harbaugh and his team flopping and choking big games away. You know, regardless of the rest, Michigan should have closed this game up 30-14. to 14. They had the game won, and they just they just completely gave it away. All right, that's, that's enough about college football. Let's talk about the NBA. So... <clears throat> Um, in the offseason, the NBA introduced the new um, official rules, you know, about drawing foul calls. But now you can't lean your shoulder in to draw contact. You know, kicking out your leg won't work. The all goes offensive fouls. And I'm like, yes, finally we can get this bullshit stuff that has made the NBA so unwatchable and vomiting and makes people want to vomit. We finally got that out of the game. And you see the game against the Miami Heat, the Nets, and you're like, oh, finally, James Harden, that He's finally, you know, not getting the flopping claws. You know, the ball is stripped cleanly, and then he tries to hook. He tries to hook. Um, he tries to hook. Uh, Jimmy Butler. I mean, you know, he tries to hook onto Jimmy Butler's arm and call the foul. You know, he leans in, doesn't get the calls. I'm finally like, yes, this bullshit is done. And then last night, I go and see and see Harden shot 19 free throws against the Pacers. Huh? What? what, what where is the consistency? See, this is the problem with NBA officiating. One night, it just made, there's no consistency, okay? I'm looking at Harden, and there's one, 
you know, shot towards the end of the shot clock. He leans in with his shoulder, with his shoulder to draw the contact and get the three-point shot. According to the new rules, that's not allowed. So why is he getting that foul call? Okay? It's, it's bullshit. It makes no sense to me. What is the point in having these new rules if you're, gonna win, uh, if you're not going to enforce them? Trey Young is still flopping around like one of those like inflatable blow-up things at a gas station. No one's calling him for that. I don't, I don't understand it. You, we have put these rules in place. Officiating, do your job. Listen, I know it's tough being an NBA referee. It's probably one of the toughest jobs ever because everything is happening so fast. But you can clearly see Harden leaning in. You know, when in doubt, just don't call the foul. When in doubt. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. You know, he's kicking his leg out as well, and they're not calling it. The rule is if you kick your leg out purposefully, it's an offensive foul. It, it makes no sense to me how the, the NBA constantly writes these rules to try and change things, and the officials just don't call it. I mean, Harden, he went 16 of 19 from the free throw line, scored 25 points. 25 of the 16 came from the free throw line. I mean, ugh, God, it just, I, I, I don't get it. Find some sort of consistency. There's no way that Harden should be shooting 19 free throws a game with these new rules, okay? He's not that unstoppable where you just have to constantly hack him, all right? It, it's not, under these new rules of, you know, you can't be flopping, all that stuff, there's no way James Harden should be shooting, anyone, in fact, should be shooting more than 13, 15 free throws uh, unless maybe a center like Embiid goes crazy. It just blows my mind how stupid sometimes the NBA officiating can be, you know? Just don't call the fouls when in doubt. Make the, make the, make the, the teams use their challenges, okay? If they really so feel so passionately about those calls, they'll challenge them. I, 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 I know I'm repeating myself here, but still. Ugh, fix it, NBA. Fix it, because finally we're looking at some real defense and the NBA not just being a bunch of weak-ass dude, weak, weak-minded, soft dudes flopping all over the place, because that's what the NBA is starting to become. Um, fix it. Just, just fix it. I'm sick of seeing it. I'm sick of seeing Harden... Guys like Harden, Trey Young, and other dudes just kick their legs out and flop constantly. It, it, it pisses me off. Stop. You fix it. Fix it. Call the offense. Hell, call one of them on the offensive fouls. Call one of them on the offense. Do something. But Harden should not be shooting 19 free throws a game, and we all know that. Brooklyn Net fans know that. Harden should not be shooting 19 free throws a game. And if this keeps up, then there's no point in having those rules in place and those changes. I mean, I, I said people like Harden and Trey Young might have a slower start to the season because of those rules, and that is still true. But it looks like they just don't want to call them now. They call them for the first five games, and as soon as people start complaining, okay, you know, let's just, let's just not call them anymore. Yeah, you know what? You know, we called it for five games. We abided for five games. For the rest of the 70-plus, let's just not do it. it you got to call them every game. You have to be consistent. No officiating is consistent. That is a huge problem, the NBA. All right, enough about the NBA. A little rant there. Mini rant there. Uh, yeah, let's get into my NFL picks for week eight. So last week, I went nine and four last week, which is not good, which is pretty good considering there was only 13 games. I've been picking really well the last couple weeks. This week, I'm 0-1 to start with. I thought because of um, the, the uh, Packers injuries to their top three receivers that the, Cardinals would pull it, uh, that the Cardinals would pull it out and get the win. That did not happen. Green Bay somehow pulled it out. I don't even know what A.J. Green was doing on that last play there. So I'm 0-1 to start the week. Like I said, I'm an honorable guy when I'm 0-1. I'll say it. Uh, but yeah, um, again, 15 games this week, not 16 because two teams are on a bye. Uh, 
Giants are in action Monday night. We're going to see. Going to get to that game. That'll be the last one. But let's start with the 1 o'clock games. No London game as well this week. Panthers-Falcons. Um, I got Atlanta in this one. And, I mean, the Panthers' offense without Christian McCaffrey just looks so, so... It just, it's just tough to watch at this point. It is so in... It is... I can't even describe how bad it is. It's so inept without Christian McCaffrey. Sam Darnold <clears throat> looks like old Sam Darnold, the Jets, but worse. He looks worse than the Jets. Receivers are dropping balls left and right. I mean, the 3-0 start we all know was a fluke. But, um, I mean, you put up... I mean, I don't know what they were doing. I mean, they, the fact that they only put up three points on the Giants' defense just shows you how bad this is. And the Fal- they're trending in the wrong direction. Meanwhile, the Falcons, after starting 0-3, I know they, two of their... They've won four straight. I know two of them are against the Giants and Jets, but they're four wins regardless. It's always, um, they're four wins regardless. They got a good one last week as well at the buzzer. So four and three for the Falcon. I mean, three and three for the Falcons. They're on the, um, they're on the uptake. I like them over, uh, I like them over Carolina, who's just skidding horrendously. I think the skid's going to continue for Carolina. I know Stefan Gilmore is active and that'll probably help a little bit, but no. Uh, I got the Falcons rolling in this one. I think Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts do their thing. And the Panthers' defense just can't hold them. And the injury of McCaffrey continues to show as the Sam Darnold is continuing to get exposed for the bust of a QB that he is. Next one. Dolphins at Bills. I mean, Jesus Christ, what the hell is wrong with the Dolphins? Buffalo's going to run rampant on them. Oh my goodness! I think did they uh, did they, they shut him out last time we played? That was when Tua got hurt. But you know, Tua hasn't had a horrible season. Like I'm going to be completely honest with you in the games that he's played, he's turned the ball over. Yes, but you know, he he tends to turn the ball over. But otherwise, that he hasn't played a horrible game. But I mean, I don't know what's going on with Miami. There's so many trade rumors surfing surfing around with Deshaun Watson, and then there's a report coming out now that Brian Flores is losing the locker room because of it. So. <clears throat> I have no clue what the hell's going on with Miami. I had bigger expectations for them. I thought their defense would be a lot better this year, um, but it just hasn't turned out this way. They keep in mind they went ten and six last year. They didn't make the playoffs, but they won ten games. I thought they could do it again, especially with the extra game this season. But um, Jesus, Dolphins are. Uh, and the problem is the Dolphins don't even have a pick. Their first round pick this year that goes to the Eagles. So at this rate. The, the Dolphins fans, you can't tank because you're not gonna you're not gonna have the top you're not gonna have that pick. It's gonna go to the um it's gonna go to the Eagles. So now we're looking at two top ten picks. So it's just a tough situation for Miami and Buffalo is you know still a top five team in the NFL. You can make the argument they're they're probably still one of the best teams in the they're you can make the argument that they're the best team in the NFL. But so I got the Bills running wild on them. Josh Allen, you know, Stephon Diggs, they do their thing. And the Bills defense has another good game and forces Tua into a couple interceptions. I'm so disappointed in Miami. I think they have the most disappointing team. I mean, actually not, you know, obviously the most disappointing is Kansas City, but they're up there for me because I really thought they'd be a sleeper team this year. But, oh, my goodness, they are terrible. Next one, 49ers versus Bears. Um, Both teams trying to find their footing a little bit. I got the Niners in this one, and it's not that I don't think Justin Fields is is the guy. You know, Justin Fields, there's really not much you can do in this situation with... I mean, there's really not... It's it's tough to even have decent games in the situation he's in with Chicago, with Matt Nagy, that horrible offensive line, and the lack of weapons around him outside of Allen Robinson. 
Uh, Nagy's actually not going to be there. He tested positive for COVID, so I don't know how much that's going to affect. I don't know what the hell Nagy even does anymore now that he's no longer calling the offensive plays because... So I don't, I don't know how that's going to affect them. But either way, I'm going to take the Niners. Just because, you know, I know the Bears are going to get an offensive line boost as they get a couple guys back off IR. But the Niners still have a good pass rush. I know their defense is not what they used to be. I've said that so many times. But that's because they're secondary. Their pass rush with Solomon Thomas and uh, Bosa, it's still dangerous. It's always still dangerous. I think they get a couple sacks on fields. Fields turned the ball over once or twice. And also... The, the one chance I think the Bears were, were going to have in these games was their defense, trying to keep them in it. Uh, they're without Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks, basically their two best defensive players. And without Akeem Hicks in the center, the, you've seen how bad the pass rush can get. And now without Mack on the outside, it's just, it's just not going to work. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to have a decent game. And I think the Niners get a win over Chicago. And Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace's job continue to slip away with every game, and I think every single Bears fan's okay with this. Hopefully, the Bears keep losing because the Giants have their first over, have their pick this year. So maybe you can get Giants can sneak in another high draft pick. But uh, yeah, let's go with the 49ers over the Bears. Next one, Steelers Browns. I went back and forth on this one um, because you know the Browns. I've got the Browns coming out on top, and here is why. Okay, the Browns are slowly getting back to help. I know a lot of their uh, D tackles are questionable. I know that uh, Malik Jackson might not be there, neither Jadeveon Clowney, but Miles Garrett is going to be there, okay? And Miles Garrett on that Steel, I don't even, you know, on that Steelers offensive line, good Lord, have mercy. I think Garrett's going to have another, uh, a big game. And even if those guys aren't there, um, it's still, the Steelers offensive line is not going to change. They're still pretty bad this year. And I've said it, I've constantly said I was never high on the Steelers to start with. Ben can't push the ball down the field just because he doesn't have the enough time to and his arm strength is waning a little bit. No Juju Smith-Schuster obviously out for the season. Um, they've really struggled. I mean, they only put up, they put up 20, they only were able to put up 23 points on a struggling Seattle defense and needed overtime to get that one done. If it weren't for TJ Watt carrying the team, they would have lost to Geno Smith in company. Baker Mayfield is going to be back, although honestly, I think the Browns could have gotten the win with Case Keenum. At the QB position, Nick Chubb is back, and so is Jack Conklin. You know, the one thing that Pittsburgh has is Blitzburg, you know, the, um, have is Blitzburg, but I don't, I don't think Jedrick Wills is going to be there, but the fact that they get all pro Jack Conklin back, he can help neutralize Blitzburg, and Dearness Johnson is going to fill, uh, not going to fill the void of Kareem Hunt, but he's a good number two as well with what he's shown in that game against the Broncos. So I think Cleveland's got this one handled. Uh, maybe Pittsburgh can pull it off if they come out with a little extra motivation because of the playoff game last year, but I, I just don't see it happening. I got the Browns taking this one. Next up, Eagles versus Lions. Um, I'm going to take the Eagles, but the Lions do have a really good shot at their first win here. I just don't know <clears throat> about the Lions' defense. Uh, although they did hang with the Rams last week. That was really encouraging for Lions fans, but Jared Goff is always still a liability. Eagles have a relatively decent pass defense. Um, I think Jalen Hurts does enough, and the Eagles get a scrappy win. Knowing the knowing how uh, the luck of the Lions this season, they'll probably lose it on a late-winning field goal. Oh, man, I mean, I don't know. I really like Dan Campbell. I really think he's a good coach. I think he's the perfect... I think he's a good coach for Detroit. He embodies that sort of Motor City, you know, you know, grind kind of attitude 
it's just they've been really unlucky. You know, the 61-yard field goal versus Justin Tucker. There was the one versus Minnesota. They had the fierce comeback that fell short against the San Francisco 49ers at the end. So I really like Dan Campbell, but I don't think the... I think that this is one of their best chances for the win. But I've got the Eagles, even though, you know, I hate the Eagles because they're in the Giants division, but... Uh, I've got them coming out on top just slightly. I think Jalen Hurts has a good game because he's not going up against a great defense. Hurts tends to have decent games against good de- uh, against bad defenses. So I've got the um, I've got the the Eagles coming out on top. Just I think it'll be a close game. Next one: Rams versus Texans. This one won't be close. Um, although I said that, and the Rams only beat the Lions by six. They needed or nine. They needed a game-winning field goal. I got the Rams going. I, I really like the Rams. I really like Matthew Stafford at the QB position. Um, Daryl Henderson has really proved a good running back, a good solid running back, not to mention they have Sony Michelle. The weapon, I mean, the, the chemistry he has with Cooper Cup right now, Matthew Stafford, it is great to see. Um, I think the Texans defense not being particularly strong. Uh, I think Cooper Cup is due for another big game. And so are the Rams on offense. The defense is a little suspect right now, but the Texans don't have the best playmakers. I mean, they have they have David Johnson, Mark Ingram, but again, not really two two guys. Obviously, way past their prime. And then they also have a uh, um, not Randall Cobb. They have um Brandon Cooks on the outside, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if it'll be Tyrod Taylor or David Mills. But regardless of who it is, um, not going to really make a difference. I got the Rams winning this one comfortably all right next one we're breezing through these games we only got a couple one two three four we got like five or six more to do next one patriots versus chargers um another interesting one i feel like i say that all the time but it is a very intriguing game um but i have got the chargers and the reason is i think there's 15 players on new england that are questionable including dante hightower with ribs kendrick Bourne, maybe one of their best receivers and that's just Two of them off the top of my head. They're missing their best special teamer, uh, Knight. So that's not that's not great because you know how much Belichick loves his special teamers. Um, I think Judon might be maybe else. I'm not too sure about that, but I've got the Chargers. I think the Chargers are due for a bounce back week. Um, coming off the bye, they sort of limped into the bye with that performance against the uh, against the Ravens. But I think Brandon Staley will have his boys ready to play. And also New England, they're three and four. But if you look at their three wins. The Jets twice and the Texans, those three wins are not super impressive. Granted, they did play the Cowboys relatively tough, but and they did play the Buccaneers tough, so maybe there's the chance that they can um, pull it out against the Chargers, but I think we're due for maybe a mini, uh, you know, a shootout here. I think we are, but I've got the Chargers. I still think, I still think, you know, even after the performance against the Ravens that the Chargers are still a very good team with that offense. Austin Elker, I think... The Chargers defense does enough. I think maybe Mac Jones throws one or two interceptions. I'm, you know, Mac Jones has been great. They're starting to cut him loose, but he's got to do that controlled. You know, the Patriots don't have the best receivers on the outside, so I'm going to go with the Chargers to pull this one out of New England. I do think this will be a good game, though. I think it'll be a mini shootout. I think we're looking maybe at like a 38-30 scoreline or something because the Chargers defense isn't any better. Um, let's be honest, but I've got um, I've got the Chargers pulling it out over New England. Next one. Jaguars versus Seahawks. Um, I've got the Seahawks. I'm going to go with Seattle here. Uh, Geno Smith gets his first win with the Seahawks after starting. He hasn't. They haven't won a game yet since Russell Wilson. Uh, since Russell Wilson went down injured, 
I mean, obviously, as expected, we all know how good Russell Wilson is and how he basically covers up for the flaws that Seahawks defense. But Seattle's defense played well against a pretty talented and good New Orleans team. You know, even with Jameis Winston, New Orleans with Kamara and Callaway and guys on the outside, New Orleans still has a very respectable to good offense so that they were able to hold them to 10 points. I know it was in Seattle. Granted, but it was an encouraging performance from the defense. It just wasn't. It's just that the C, the the Saints defense is just one of the better better ones in the league. Like, let's be honest. Saints have a top ten. You can make the argument top five defense with uh with Marshawn Lattimore, Cam Jordan, uh, Marcus Williams out there as well, um, Demario Davis. So it's it's no surprise the Seahawks weren't able to do much on offense. But I was just surprised at how well the Seahawks defense hung in there. And that's why I'm going to take them over Jacksonville. Jacksonville has been playing a lot better um, in the last couple games. But I think that given what I saw from the Seahawks defense against the good New Orleans team, who certainly has a lot better offense than Jacksonville, that's why I'm going to pick Seattle. Um, Also, I'm not a huge... I know the Jaguars also have a decent defense, but I think... Uh, but I think the Seahawks defense is going to just slightly outplay them and get a and get a sort of a scrappy win sort of thing. Um, Seattle just trying to sort of level the ship maybe in hopes that Wilson can come back soon and they're still in the race um, in the postseason. But I've got Seattle going. I'm rarely going to pick the Jaguars to win a game this season, but the defense does look... And also... Let's be honest, Geno Smith, he hasn't played that poorly. You know, he played decent when he came in for the Rams game. He played decent against the um, against the Steelers, and he also didn't play terribly against the Saints. It's just a shame that, you know, in the last situations, he turned the ball over a couple times. But he hasn't played horribly. I think Geno Smith has played fairly decent. So I think he'll have another good, I think he'll have a good game, and I think the Seahawks get the win over Jacksonville. Next one, Washington versus Denver. Um... It's a. Uh, I've sort of kind of lost all faith in Denver because I've picked them a lot. You know, I picked them the last two weeks to pull off wins, and they haven't done it. So I'm not going to pick them this time. I've got Washington. Um, I know Washington's defense has been a very big disappointment this year, going from what they were last year. But Washington has shown signs of <clears throat> some improvement. Only gave up 24 to Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay and kept them under check. It's just a shame, you know, Ron Rivera had a couple fourth down calls he didn't go for. Taylor Heineke had a touchdown called back and then a fumble. So Washington was in that game against Green Bay. They were definitely in it. They were also in the game against KC until the Chiefs pulled away late. So Washington has shown some good improving signs of um, of play. Well, again, Denver's trending downwards after starting 3-0, and <clears throat> four straight losses. Um... Vaughn Miller is 50-50, so he might not even go. He might not even go. Uh, he, yeah, uh, he might not play. Um, even And even if Jerry and the Broncos offense is struggling, struggling, uh, Pat Shermer, no surprise, Pat Shermer being lack of creativity and not a good offensive coordinator, Ooh, no shock from what I saw with when he was with the Giants. But, um, but uh yeah, um, even if Jerry Judy comes back, um, they're hopeful that Judy might come back this week. Even if he comes back, I think it's still a game where the Broncos offense struggles because the thing is, Judy is coming off an injury that is six, seven weeks, so you can't expect him to 
come off IR instantly and catch 10 balls for 126 yards. It'll be a very relatively reserved game. Uh, you know, give Judy time to get back into it. But with the way the Broncos are, are trending downward, not getting the win against the Browns on Thursday night, against basically the Browns' injury-ravaged team. They didn't have Baker, didn't have Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. Didn't, uh, they lost Jarvis Landry at that game. Odell Beckham Jr. didn't really do much. I don't even know if Peoples-Jones played, and they still weren't able to get the win. Uh, I like Washington here. I think uh, Heineke and McLaurin have a pretty good game against a somewhat reeling Denver team. Next one, the 430 game, Saints versus Buccaneers. Uh, I just a couple minutes ago spoke pretty highly about the um, <clears throat> about the Saints defense, but I've got Tampa Bay. Uh, and here's why. Again, like I said, the Saints offense was relatively shut down against that that poor Seahawks defense. So you can't expect Jameis, although it's Jameis against his former team, so maybe, who knows, maybe Jameis Winston has a revenge game, but I really doubt it. I think the Saints offense is going to struggle. We'll see. Maybe Michael Thomas is back. Not 100% sure on that just yet, but relatively with the way the Buccaneers are playing and the way Tom Brady is slinging that football, he's looking better and better with age. I don't know how he's doing it, uh, how he's getting, he's gotten better <laughs> as his age has gone on. Um... I do think the Saints play a good defensive game, but they can't hold Brady and the, that Buccaneers offense forever. At some point, they're going to get loose, whether it be in the run or passing game. I think it'll be in the passing game. I think Brady, yard-wise, will have a relatively um, low-key kind of game. I think he won't pass for over... I don't think Brady will pass for over 300 yards. I think he'll pass somewhere in the 250, 260 range, but I do think he'll throw three or four touchdowns. Um, we'll, uh, but yeah... Can the Saints pull off an upset? Maybe Marshawn Lattimore has locked up Mike Evans in the past. But the thing is, you know, I compare the Buccaneers offense to, you know, KC, two of the best offenses, and you look at it, and you look at the depth of this Buccaneers offense. You know, yeah, the Chiefs and Mahomes have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, but look outside of that. You know, in the running back position, Edwards Elaire is, is shaky. You know, Josh Gordon at the receiving core, it's, it's, it's shaky. Byron Pringle, McCole Hardman. Those guys are shaky, but you look at the Buccaneers, you know, you know, their their best receiver is Mike Evans, number one, then your number two. You can really rotate who you want to be a number one. Chris Godwin could maybe be um be a number one. Antonio Brown, he's I know he's out, but A B is probably still could be a number one as um as well. And then in the tight end position, OJ Howard. And um OJ Howard at some point is gotta get going. You know, he's a great tight end. Maybe they trade. They trade O.J. Howard, but Cam Brate's also relatively underrated. And then the Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, one-two punch combination. The Buccaneers have a deep team, and Gronk is not even there yet. We're going to see. Hopefully, he gets back healthy after the rib, you know, with the rib injuries. But I really, you know, that, I think that's one of the things that goes unnoticed about this Buccaneers offense is how deep they are. While the Chiefs sort of rely on Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey. You know, there's not really much of a run game at this point ever since Kareem Hunt left. And I don't know why I'm talking about the Chiefs here. I'm just sort of comparing the two, but that's why. So I think it's just so hard to hold them down. Uh, I know the Saints held Brady and company to three points last year. That's not going to happen again. I got the Buccaneers winning this divisional battle, but who knows? Maybe New Orleans pulls it out and makes it a little more interesting in that division. Next one, Sunday night game, Cowboys-Vikings. I'm actually going to pick the Vikings here for the upset, and here is why, okay? The... Vikings, the Vikings offensive scheme fits really well against the Cowboys defense, okay? Vikings are coming in with a top five, the number fifth ranked offense. Cowboys are number one right now. 
but Vikings are coming in top fifth, and the Cowboys love to play man-to-man coverage. They rarely go to zone, and you can't play man-to-man coverage against the Vikings. You can't play man-to-man coverage against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen because they will cook you in a pot and eat you for breakfast, lunch, dinner, brunch, whatever you want to call it. They'll eat you up if you play man-to-man defense. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Cowboys can adjust to that. Also, you know, with the Cowboys defense being suspect and the Vikings defense coming in hot, Dak Prescott might not play. He's a game-time decision. And even if he does play, there's no guarantee he's going to be 100% healthy. He might be a little banged up. And I think the Cowboys might need him to be 100% for them to win this game because I think there's going to be some fireworks. I really do. But the, Vikings, but the Vikings defense has played well in the last couple weeks. They played well against Carolina, but looking at Carolina's offense, that's not really an achievement. So I'm going to go with the Vikings to pull off and upset here, especially considering Minnesota, I think, has won you know, three of their last four, playing some good football. And they're going to, um, they're going to Minnesota, that raucous skull environment. Might cause problems, especially if Cooper Rush starts for the Cowboys. It might be a long day for them. But even if Dak plays... I think the Vikings got a real chance. I think they're going to pull it off. That might be a little biased because I'm a Giants fan, and I really don't want to see the Cowboys start 6-1, and one, but I'm going to take a risk on this and go with the Vikings. I might regret that heavily because the Cowboys could blow them out and look like a complete fool. Next one, Monday night game, Giants and Chiefs. Uh, Giants came off an odd, you know, I didn't pick them to win against the Panthers, but, you know, they, they did it 25-3, 2-5 in the season. I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't believe I'd ever be saying this, but the Giants have a chance against KC. They really do with the way the Chiefs look. But I'm still going to err on the side of precaution and take Kansas City. And here's why, okay? Mahomes is probably going to play. I just feel like the Chiefs' offense is going to be too much. I think Hill, Kelsey, and and Mahomes are just going to be a little too much for the Giants, uh, for the Giants' defense to handle. Um, also considering now that they're out, they're without Jabril Peppers, their best safety outside the cornerbacks. So the secondary might be a little thinner than usual. Obviously, no Blake Martinez in as the signal caller, so that's always a huge loss as well. Lost him before the New Orleans game. That's difficult. They're, they're, they are um, optimistic about Kadarius, Tony, and Sterling Shepard playing. But even so, I just don't see it happening. I don't see Saquon suiting up either. So I think the Giants might keep it close till halftime of the third quarter. But I think I think Casey's got this one, and they get back on track. Mahomes is gonna probably gonna be cleared to play. He wasn't even put on injury reserve, so he wasn't even put on the injured report. So I'm gonna go with the Chiefs just because I think they're gonna be too much to handle with the Giants. You know, the Giants defense relatively being beat up, but hopefully, hopefully my Giants come out and pull off an upset because they're not completely out of the playoff picture yet because the Falcons and the Vikings are both 500 and they're holding records there. But I have no clue about the Giants this season, but I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win this game, and who knows, maybe if the Giants come back and win, maybe my faith will be restored in them, because they got a behemoth, they got a su- such a tough schedule against them, they got the Chiefs, Raiders, then the bye week, and then the Buccaneers, that's probably looking at three L's right there, but anyway, that is going to do it for this week, oh my god, I um, I completely forgot, but I was just literally about to get off, but I forgot that I forgot to pick the Titans and the Colts game, which is probably going to be the best game this week. Um, I was literally about to round off. I think I actually might have finished click stop recording and I was looking. I was like, oh my God, I forgot to pick the Titans and the Colts game. This one is really interesting. I've gone back and forth on this so many times and I think the Colts are going to pull off the upset 
over the Titans. I really think it's going to happen. And here is why. Tennessee is without Julio Jones. That's going to be difficult. I, you know, they, they only held the Chiefs to three points, which is pretty impressive, but I don't think they can replicate that again. And the Colts' offense is getting better. Titans have the 22nd-ranked defense. And Carson Wentz has only thrown one interception this year, and that was the one against um, San Francisco last week where the ball sort of slipped out of his hands. And I think the Colts' defense does enough to sort of contain Derrick Henry. I don't know if that's possible because the last couple times they've played, Henry's gone loose on them. But I really like the... I think the Colts are able to pull off the upset here. I've said they're one of my sleeper teams. Their defense is really good. And they've showed, you know, they played three really solid quarters against the Ravens where they held them down. They played well against the Niners in the rain. So I've got the Colts pulling off the upset over the, um, over the Tennessee Titans. And I think that is everything. That is the one game I didn't cover... Uh, I don't know if I got the Bengals and the Jets game, but if I didn't, Bengals will win that game. Jets are without Zach Wilson, and the Bengals are for real, for real, after their shellacking of the Ravens in that divisional showdown, which I got wrong because I thought the Ravens would pull it out, but I got the Bengals over them. Zach Wilson's not even going to play for the Jets. So I think those are the two games I missed, but anyway, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. This is now where I'm going to round it off, uh, and I'll see you guys next week.